still, we've definitely had more enjoyable games to talk about than this one, mate. How's things? Yeah, not too bad. Now that a couple of days have passed and I watched a really boring game yesterday. So at least there's been a bit of a cushion. Yeah, we can't even claim to be the entertainers after this one. Uh, welcome to episode 101 of the Mike White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. Hello. Um, we've basically only got the Brighton game to talk about today because there's nothing else massively newsworthy. Uh, the under-23s played earlier today, the 1-1-0. Uh, Diego Llorente with a goal. Uh, yes, that's what I, we need. I don't. Did you get to see any of it, KC? Because I think I... my work and stuff... Yeah, I've, I've had a busy day today, so I've not been able to see it yet. Well, before we get into the Brighton game, I'll quickly talk about the uh, I, the first half. I, I was able to watch it about 75% because work was quite quiet. But uh, the second half, I watched all the way through. We picked a really, really, really strong team. Uh, like Tyler Roberts started up top. We had Pereira and Costa on the wings. Calvin Phillips played and Diego Uente played. Um Obviously, with such a gap, I was expecting quite a strong team. Uh, in the first half, we, as you would expect, were absolutely all over them, but only scored once. Uh, Calvin Phillips were a really good cross. Diego, you went here, back post header. Uh, it was a good goal. And I must admit, even though it was only an under-23s game, so you can't take that much out of it, he did stand out and looked really good, did you enter. Him, Phillips and uh, Roberts went off at half-time. Sorry, I'm literally just watching the goal now. Yeah. Uh, McKinstry came on, Ollie Casey came on at centre-back and Noan Kenny came in to play in midfield. Uh, so in the second half, it was a much more even game. They, Stoke came back into it. We'll maybe feel they should have got one, but Leeds should have scored at least one more. Uh, it was just a deserved win, 1-0, and so they're still top at league by six, seven points. Uh, that gets that out of the way because it's the only real non-Brighton thing that we need to talk about today. So Leeds nil, Brighton and Hove Albion won. Uh, overall, <laughs> overall, what did you think of the game, mate? That was shite. Is uh, it's, it's probably <laughs> the most gentle way to put it. Um, the, the very obviously the the really frustrating thing is one, not even really being competitive with a team that's in and around that's going to be in and around the same spots we are, um, and secondly having dropped and rested a load, a load of players for the Crawley game that you would never have guessed that most of those players didn't play in that or only featured for half of it. Well, that's very true. We we were very lethargic throughout. Um, when I was watching the game, there were several things about it that just... It just seemed like there was no energy there and not in a, oh, a burned-out, tired way. They just didn't seem at the races. And... When you're having a bad game, you do feel like you've got less energy. Like throughout the entire game, what were, that Rodrigo chance where Alioski drove in the low cross, and Jack Harrison's chance at the start of the second half, and I think that's it. I think that's yeah. all the chances we created in that game. Uh, I did see a thing. I thought that it was before I checked, but I have since seen on Twitter it's right. Zero point three five xg which is the lowest leads have had under Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, Brighton had 0.96. And Brighton didn't really create much, but obviously they had one chance that was an open goal seven yards out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Brighton set up very well. And 
just just to nullify us for the most part. And I think you've you've got to give some credit to them for that. You know, I thought as we've spoken about elsewhere, when you've got a team that has five centre backs in it, and you know, one's at right back and uh, one's a right wing back, and the other's a centre mid, um, they were always going to have a solid base there. They probably, on average, were about five inches taller than us as well. So, you know, we were never going to pose any threat from set pieces or crosses. No, that's one thing that they did very well. They are, they're like forced us into wide areas really well, I thought, and then just boxed us in and pressed us in those areas. And they pretty much either won the ball back or forced us into just lofting a crossing, and we were never going to win that. Like, Bamford yeah. has got a chance of winning them, but only if the cross is perfect. Like, if the cross is absolutely dead on, then he can get there. But otherwise, he's going to get beaten every time. Yeah, and for the most part, even when he does that, it's him sort of just drifting off the shoulder of the defender. It's it's never typically him competing with the defender and, and getting above him. Mm. Um, no, I, you just kind of look at the, the team as a whole and there was there was so little creativity, I thought. Jack Harrison was was probably the bright spark of the first half, um, which was I was I was I found it interesting because Rafinha spent oh, his whole time on the pitch anyways as as left winger the whole time, um, so we did I, I do think we might have missed him cutting inside a little bit, but I, I don't know how much of a difference that would have made in the end. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't. With the way we played, I don't think it had made enough difference that we'd have won or anything. But I do think it was odd that we played Harrison on the right for the whole game and Rafinha on the left. Now, that suits Harrison fine. You know, as you say, brightest spark first half. And overall, I thought he was probably his best player, him or Cooper. But it's not saying a massive amount that the everyone around him was poor. The thing that I, I assume the reason is that Solly March bombs on a lot more than Joel Veltman does. So he wanted Harrison on that side because he's a bit more disciplined defensively. I can only think that that's the reason why. But in truth, March got away from Harrison when he needed to, and Veltman got away from Rafinha a lot. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think the frustrating thing is, and I spoke about it with regards to the Crawley game as well, when you've got Harrison and Alioski on the pitch, regardless of kind of what you think of Alioski's ability is as a Premier League player. I, I've always thought those two link up well with each other and have, have a very good understanding at this point. Um, so it did, it did seem an odd one. You know, we've, we've seen Rafinha move over to the, to the left-hand side several times and then switch back later on. It just seemed a strange one that we never really seemed to revert from that until Pervader came on, really. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was an odd one. There, there's a few things that were odd about this. Like obviously, we had the odd substitutions against Crawley, and I thought that su the substitutions today weren't great. Like at half time, everyone and their mother was saying, "This click Rodrigo." And I know I've got a bugbear about this, and I keep bringing it up, but for me, click Rodrigo in the middle just doesn't work that well. And I think it only works if you've got all the possession and you can just keep attacking. It won't work in this game. And pretty much everyone was thinking, I'll tell you what, we could really do with some more energy at Middle at Park. Jamie Shackleton would be really good right now. And the changes just the changes that we made didn't really help anything. I like 
since Tyler Roberts, I thought, actually looked quite bright when he came on. Like, I thought that he did fairly well. But him yeah, coming I'm, on for Rob, When Rob, he first came on, though, I will ask this question. Uh, what was the? What were you thinking? Uh, if you were to pick a number, he came on with 20, 25 minutes to go. Uh, How many back heels did you think he was going to get in in that time? Well, in half an hour, I'd expect him to at least manage one every 10 minutes. <laughs> I see. Uh, it, fair play to him. He did seem to be more disciplined on that front. And and like you say, was he just looked so much livelier than everyone else, and which, which again, didn't I don't think took a whole lot. But he did inject a bit of life into us going forward. Like, and obviously Hernandez came on, uh, switched the back four round because we took Alioski off for him. Hernandez, he tried to do what he does, but his passing range just seemed off the whole game. And then Pereira came on, who again, a few tricks and stuff, but we're not seeing any end product. Uh, no, I. it's been the, the, pretty much since, I'd say, October, November. There have been quite a few calls from people for, to to get Pereira in the side, and, and I, I don't see it. I, I, I see that he is... He has got some talent, but I've not seen anything in his performances to make me think, yeah, he we need to give him 90 minutes in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, it's just he's just not the disciplined winger that you have to be in a BL side. Um, I, th- I think, as daft as it sounds for, for a creative position, there is a strict plan that you kind of have to adhere to, and, and he's not got that yet, yeah. Um, all the players seemed to struggle yesterday, and it wasn't even yesterday, it was Saturday. Um, could still have I, been going on yesterday, and we wouldn't have scored. We definitely wouldn't have scored. We could have played 900 minutes, quite literally, and we'd have struggled. The pitch has got a load of stick, and rightly so, because the pitch looks horrible. But is it? do we think it's as simple as that? Because obviously, when Brighton did get a chance to go forward and play some quick one-touch stuff, they were able to do it. But we yeah. never were. Well, if you remember as well, back to when we played Leicester, I, if, I think before that game, there'd been a there'd been a, a lot of heavy rain on that pitch. It wasn't just and, before; it, it was absolutely throwing it down when it kicked off and it yeah. carried on for a fair bit. And there was talk of the pitch affecting it the way we played then. But again, Leicester, mostly keeping on the floor, were able to to counter attack so quickly. So there wasn't really the argument for that, and I, and I felt it was the same for Saturday that there wasn't. It, I, I understand that we we like to play quick football, and Bielsa likes it to be a, a slick surface so we can get the ball moving as quickly as we can. But I don't feel the pitch affected the game to that extent. No, I mean it doesn't help. I've, I've no problem saying it doesn't. No, help. No. It does need relaying in the summer. It needed relaying two years ago, and they haven't been able to do it. Once because they just couldn't get it done, and then obviously this summer was really short. But I think if where it's having a bigger effect, I don't even think it's on the way we play. It's just one of our things is we outrun everyone, and on you saw the close-ups of the pitch on the sky coverage, and it really was like you could see the huge indentations where the pitch is giving way when people are running. It must mm. be really heavy going running on that. So if part of your game is based around being fitter than everyone and running your ass off, you are not going to get as much of an advantage on that pitch as you would on a good pitch. Yeah. 
And it, but and again, that, that then that kind of speaks to the argument of if people are getting tired quicker, and then you need to make subs earlier. And again, I think you, you mentioned getting Shackleton on for possibly click. I I kind of looked at the same thing for bringing Shackleton on for strikes. I, I've seen him a couple of times now, and it's probably a bit harsh to say at this point. With there we go, yeah, that's nice. That um, he probably needs some more time there before you could definitively say yes or no. But you know, against Crawley, he struggled to get on the ball and, and dictate play. He didn't do it at all against Brighton. Um, as as Eddie Gray said about quite a few players, he, he seems to look a lot better when when plays happening in front of him and, and I think so far I'd say I'd say he's looked a lot better at centre back. Yeah, I agree with that. I I am fine with Strike being an option in Phillips's position. But go long term I don't see I don't see him having a future in that role at the top level. Whereas I can see him being a Premier League centre back. I've I, I, to be honest I'm pretty confident that he'll be a Premier League centre back and do well there. Uh, I already think that he's as good as Liam Cooper. Now, because it's as good as, like, I wouldn't have any problem if we played strike ahead of Cooper. I, I think I would keep, I would leave Cooper in for now. But I think strike probably is as good as him already, and he has a much higher ceiling. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it'd be interesting to see, but I just strikes in there. From what I've seen of him, even though we haven't really got to do it, I do wonder if the real backup it would be Robin Koch. The way he plays, I think, suits it slightly better. Even though Strauch's got... I don't know why it doesn't work so well, because Strauch's passing is as good as anyone. He's very two-footed, he's got a good touch, and he's... It, it, all of the individual tools seem to be there to be good in that position. And like I've seen people saying that he isn't mobile and he doesn't get around the pitch in the same way Phillips does. But he is mobile enough. It's not like he's slow. or I've, I've seen people say that he lumbers about and I just don't think that's true. At the but, moment, I, <laughs> I, I, I know it won't be an issue with Phillips being back now for the next game. Um I wouldn't mind seeing Shackleton have a, have another go there because I think you've, I've only seen we've only seen it twice, and he he had a very good game against Aston Villa when he came on in that one. Yeah, well, and, put, and I, put Shackleton in along like alongside Rodrigo and drop Clickdy because that's what we did against Villa. Yeah, because um, because certainly Click's got the passing range for that as well. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd ultimately. It does make me, from the last couple of games, I just want to see Jamie Shackleton play centre midfield. Because I think if nothing else, the problem is that one day Click is going to get an injury that's going to keep him out for, whether it's three games, whether it's you know a significant period of time. And I don't think Shackleton's played enough first-team football in central midfield to be as effective as he can be. Yeah, I'll and tell it, you what. That is one thing. It's a shame that we don't have a central midfielder like Ben White. Yeah, because... it was really an advert for how good Ben White can be, wasn't it, that game? Yeah, Ben White, or Patrick Vieira, as he is now known. <laughs> he was out, he was, and I know that 
oh god it hurt but i was pleased for him as well like because he just and it wasn't just him that did this this was one of the main problems Leeds had when we lost the ball if they just ran there seemed to be about 30 yards for them to run into yeah every single time and it was but the problem is because we're man for man say ben white won the ball from rodrigo as soon as ben white sets off Rodrigo is never going to catch him and get back goal side. Even if Rodrigo is slightly quicker than him. Because if you've lost the ball, they've got five, ten yards start. Yeah. And they just kept doing it. Veltman did it loads of times. Pascal Gross doing it, which it was weird seeing him play such a deep role, but he did it quite well. Uh, just every single time they broke forward, we really got in trouble. Uh, and that's how the goal happened, isn't it? Ben White breaking through midfield. Uh, mm. You know, but he doesn't get chased back well enough. Pascal Stroik stayed with his man. And I know that we're man to man, but he seemed to go too far with him. He was like wrong side of his man, and his man had dragged him 25 yards up the pitch. Yeah. Uh, so Ben White's got all that room to move into, plays it into McAllister. Stuart Dallas, who at that point is playing right back, is over on the inside left. Because he's with his man, which is fair enough. We always do that, but it's just weird to see. But that one too that McAllister and Morpé played, not not McAllister and Morpé, because Morpé was at the far post. <laughs> It'll have been McAllister and Trossard then. That's what I meant. Uh, when I thought that one too, even but we'll get to the Morpé ailing bit. But I thought that one too was so easy. Like we never put any pressure. Pass from White to McAllister, McAllister to Trossard, Trossard back to McAllister. I don't think that we put any form of an actual challenge in on any of them. No, no, very and, comfortable. They're very easy for them. Yeah, so it doesn't matter how good the, go the play was, because it was good play from Brighton. If Leeds had scored that goal, I'd say, I'd be thinking, oh, that's great passing and movement. They've played their way through there. It's brilliant football. But that's not the side I'm looking at it from. It was really poor defensively. And then it gets not square to Morpai. And where I don't know where Luke Ayling's head was because it was his man. He tracked, he chased him back, and he he just was twenty yards off him. Yeah, twenty said twenty yards. Yeah, twenty yards is an exaggeration. <laughs> but he was yes, in, he as, was as time goes by. He'll be on the halfway line. Will Luke Ayling? But, I mean, but he was six yards off him. Ah, oh, yeah, he was. He was in the eighteen-yard box is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> seen more on the edge of the six-yard box. <laughs> um, yeah, just I don't know whether it's that he got caught ball watching. He just he got caught somewhere in between the ball and Mopai, and but it, there's no the only realization that he is there is as he turns around to watch Mopai tap it in. Yeah. Like I think it's. I think that what it was is he's got in his head. I'm centre back, not right back. I'm centre back, not right back. And Morpé's just stayed out on the left, and yeah. Ealing has drifted back in to what would be a natural. Because if we weren't playing man to man, there would be a right back there. Yeah, I mean that was my first thought. Is <laughs> not not piecing together that that Dallas had been off tracking his man. Is that look of just go? Well, where's Dallas? Oh no, Dallas is Dallas has gone. Well, he's not challenged him, but he's gone with his man. Yeah, he is with his, his man. <laughs> turns out his man is not at right back. Yeah, um, yeah it's and and unfortunately now, 
it'll be interesting to see because obviously there's there's always plenty of people who are having to go at Leeds for being a mid-table Premier League team despite us being newly promoted but not talking about Wolves and their decline or anything like that um, but yeah that, that would be the sort of Paul Merson thing of going Leeds go man to man and look what happens here yeah which I mean, it is true. That is one of the problems with playing man to man. If it goes wrong, it does look horrendous, and we've seen it happen numerous times where suddenly, you know, a team has two men on the far side completely clean through. Uh, I was just had a message of Carl Waters saying that we'll bounce back against Newcastle, and I really, really hope he's right. Uh, we won't really get into the Newcastle game because of how far away it is. Uh, one other thing that we do need to get into. Um, does Mar- again? <laughs> no, no, we've I've covered that enough for the last few weeks. Does Marcelo Bielsa have a blind spot when it comes to Kiko Casilla? I mean, it's hard to argue it. It's at this point, he cannot be, he would be ignorant to be unaware of how a lot. Unfortunately, I can't say all the Leeds fans how a large portion of the Leeds fans feel about Kiko Casilla. One and primarily because of the incident, <laughs> and then secondly because he's also a shit goalkeeper. Yeah, well, to be honest, you say secondly, and it <laughs> is secondly. But the tr- truth is, as much as this is wrong, if it was brilliant, we'd have probably all forgot about it. And it doesn't make it right, but you know that's mm. just what well, happens in football. I, I mean, football is a very forgiving industry, as it goes. Yeah, like, you know, as much as it, it came back up recently because of that documentary that they did with Anton Ferdinand. But, like, all the stuff with John Terry got forgot about for the most part. And he got caught on camera. Yeah. Like, everyone saw him say it. and it, But it pretty much died down. And it's because he was a really, really, really good defender. Well, Kiko Casillas isn't like, admittedly, in this game, it wasn't his fault for once. He did chuck that one over his shoulder while he was laid on the floor off that weak shot. That was a really weak... That was such an odd thing to do. Yeah. If that had gone in, I would have called match-fixing. Yeah. But the um, the thing that the thing that I wonder with the Kazavi... I mean, I am fine... I, I, as much as I want rid of him, I am fine with the... You know, he served his sentence. You have to rehab people. All of that stuff is absolutely fine. The thing that I find weird is just how vociferous Bielsa's comments were. You know, like, we love him and respect him as a person. We think he is treated very unfairly. And it makes me wonder that because Bielsa is a very trusting person, do you think that when he says, I didn't do it, Bielsa just goes, okay, I believe you. And therefore, oh, goes, yeah. and therefore goes to bat for his friend. Because I can sort of understand that. Like, I... There are many of my friends who I know aren't racist. And if someone said, they said that, even if there was a load of evidence, I might say, well, they said they didn't, and I believe them. So I wonder if that's why his defence is so... I mean, obviously, he knew that Melier was going to be out at that point with the COVID that dare not speak its name. Which is, which is also really odd. Like, yes. Because obviously he did his press conference Thursday 
and it's one of the few times I can think of, if any, where the the, the rumor had been around since Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I, would I saw it early that. in the week. Certainly. Yeah. That Bielsa came in, did his press conference, and said the only player who is unavailable is is Phillips with the suspension, because um, he'd even said Tyler Roberts is available. Mm. Um, so, so that I just thought that was the end of it. Then, so to then get to two o'clock on on Saturday and see the team sheet go out and and Casillas in goal and and Melier then posted. Um, on his Instagram stories, basically saying, you know, I'm getting better soon and I will be better soon. And and that was just such a strange way to deal with it. Yeah, because the thing is, he did that in that press conference, the previous press conference. He had said, don't ask me about COVID. I'm not allowed to talk about it. And I don't want to lie to you. So it's obviously a decision that's come from above him. Now, it's a weird one. Uh, I because obviously it is a player's personal choice. If the player doesn't want it out there, it is their right to not put it out there. Yeah. Absolutely their right to do that. But the thing is, the way it's being dealt with right now is completely pointless because Bielsa won't lie. He'll just not say anything about COVID. So if I say, uh, why was Melier unavailable? He's unavailable. Is he injured? He's unavailable. It made, for a of... very, it, it made for a very strange uh, pre-match interview, didn't it? Yeah. Is he out of favour? He's unavailable. Well, if you're not answering any of the questions, we I know you're not saying it's COVID, but we therefore all know it is. Yeah. It does make me wonder if the loan move to Derby or Bournemouth and stuff that was all being heavily rumoured with Roberts, I wonder if he had it. Because he was about a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I, he certainly used a very similar tone. Bielsa doesn't really shift tone all that much. No. Um, Although we did see his little shifting tone where he he was waiting for his translator and he spoke English for a little bit. Oh, God. People flipped out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even the though... The Daily Mail said, look at him, he's pretending. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I, I believe that the Daily Mail did something really odd for them. They claimed it was cultural appropriation. <laughs> um. Yeah, it just—it's all a strange one now. I mean, the other thing to look at with Roberts is it could—you know—obviously this is all pure speculation, and will never be. Or will it's unlikely that it will ever be confirmed. Whether it was something like COVID, whether there was plans for him to go to Derby, and the financial issues they're having now are kind of what's ruled that out. But they wanted yeah, to. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that because they haven't paid the players this month, have they? Which also, ha ha, uh, you know, don't worry, they've got a new permanent gaffer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, is a Yorkshireman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a funny one, and you'll you'll get these things time to time just because of how Bielsa is when he when he's dealing with the press and and everything. But um, the the problem is when you just push one answer like in the way he does. There's plenty of outlets who are going to try and interpret it a million different ways. Yeah, not not, I, not us, obviously. No. Uh, I've only actually heard like the first ten minutes or so of all stat the all stats aren't we pod that I would normally listen to at some point today for work, but I didn't get a chance. 
uh, but I know that they mentioned at the start, they would be better off if they're not allowed to talk about COVID. They'd have been better off saying, Melier's pulled his calf, he'll be out for a week. Yeah. You know, because that way there wouldn't be all of his talk about it. Even though it's a lie, it would actually work better. Oh, but you are trying to get Bielsa to lie. Yeah, and he doesn't do that. Or when he does, he at least apologises 20 years later <laughs> in a long press conference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just by, by, I mean, by the time the game had finished, you'd kind of forgotten about Kiko because for the most part, he didn't have anything to do anyway and was, like say, outside of that odd little slip when he seemed to drop the ball for no reason. You couldn't fault him for anything because he didn't, really have any chance to make any mistakes yeah as I say that, this one you know there's lots of times where it's been his fault and where we can slag his performance this one wasn't his fault he caught a couple of crosses quite well to be honest and his distribution was fine there was that one moment um, I get, the only other thing to talk about is there has been a couple of moves uh, Ryan Edmondson has gone to Northampton Town on loan yeah good uh, Hopefully he plays. I don't. I don't really care where he is, so long as he plays. Yeah, um, yeah. As long as he's getting game time, and especially for him now, who's been definitely feels older, just because we we've known about him since he was sixteen. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's had a few years of playing under 18s and twenty threes football, so he does he does need that a decent bit of exposure now to first team football, and he's he's certainly one of the what whether his ability. Is, is there or not? I don't know because I, I, I can't say I've seen enough of him. But he's certainly got the size that a lot of players his age don't quite have. So he should, you know, he should be more prepared for handling himself a bit. Yeah, like he didn't get loads of game time at Aberdeen. One, he had that injury. But um, like uh, Cosgrove came back from injury and he's their main man. Hmm. So he was always going to struggle then. But, that was a, I mean, that was a strange one with Aberdeen because he had that injury that was, oh, he's going to be out for most of the season. He's going to be out till January, they said, and then he was yeah. back in four weeks. Yeah. Well, basically, Forshaw wasn't using his ankle, so Rob Price checked it off. Just <laughs> gave it Edmondson. Um, yeah, that'll be a, hopefully a decent move for him. He should be able to get some games there, and if he does, if he does, I really would back him at that level. From from what I've seen in twenty threes. He's strong. His his movement's good. He's a good natural finisher as well. So I think if he get if they play him, I think he'll do well. Uh, the other change: Robbie Gotts has ended his loan at Lincoln and gone to Salford City. Uh, Richie Wellens was really heavily linked with Gotts when he was at Swindon in summer, mm. and now he's gone to Salford and brought him in there. Uh, Gotts wasn't playing. He he got more game time than a lot of loanees do at Lincoln. Like he played. He only made four starts in the league, though, and a lot of those a few sub appearances. And Lincoln are top of League One, so they're not going to upend their team. They're going to keep yeah. it exactly as it is. Uh, so again, this is another one where, in theory, it should be a decent move for him, but we'll have to see how he does. He did got, score he... for Lincoln on his last appearance, get his first senior goal as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite glad for him. In as much as anything else, he's going into a good team. As well, he's going into a team that's challenging for promotion, and I always think when you're when you're a younger player, especially a centre mid, if you end up in a 
sort of a lower end team, it could be very easy for you to to sort of shrink shrink in those situations where at least you'll be playing in a team where they're going to dominate possession more. Um, so it should be some help to them. Yeah, uh, there has been a couple of transfer links that I'll just mention, but I don't really know much about them. Uh, a centre-back from Lawrence, Loic Bade. Uh, he's been linked with everyone in the world. Uh, he is apparently quite good, but I haven't seen any French football. Um, he's been linked with Liverpool and AC Milan, though, so if he is good enough to be linked with them, it probably means he ain't coming here. And if I stay fit, we actually have enough centre-backs now. Yeah, that uh, the one that won't go away and has been around for a while, and no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> not the one we shall not mention. Yeah. Uh, Eric Pulgar from Fiorentina, who, in theory, can play as a DM in the Phillips role, but can also play as an eight. And he's less of an attacking eight, so might be able to play the foreshore role that we've been missing ever since he got injured. Like, it is unbelievable now that we've he had that injury going into pre-season at the start of last season and we still haven't replaced him. You know, it is, it is be, a ridiculous... Be fit one day, it's fine. Uh, but uh, there's been a report in La Nazione, which uh, is like the Florence paper. So they'll have sources at Fiorentina. And... Um, it said that Leeds are willing to do a loan deal that is just a straight-up loan deal, mm. uh, which is a weird, you know, double-edged sword. If he plays brilliant and we want to sign him at the end, he'll probably cost more. But if he plays crap, we're not lumbered with a player we don't want. Uh, but it would be interesting because we do we do have a loan slot available in the squad because uh, the only one we've got is Harrison still. I was going to say, because you can have... Unless you the can, rules change this season, I, we can have one more domestic, but I thought we could have another three foreign. Uh, I'm not sure, actually, because when I use loans, I'll be honest, I'll use loans. I'm on football manager. I'm normally not in the Premier League if I'm loaning a load of players. <laughs> I know you can have five in your match day squad in the EFL. Uh, no, I, 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 I believe that you can have two long term domestic. I think you're right about that. Yeah. But so Pulgar probably wouldn't count in that. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of players that we need. Like, I still think that we need an actual left-back and we need a number eight. I think those are the two things that we need more than anything. But uh, Pulgar, from everything I've heard about him, would be a fairly decent option. He's been linked with Torino as well. Apparently, Fiorentina are trying to get Arsenal to recall Lucas Torreira so they can buy him. Yeah. Uh, and if that deal goes through, Paul Gar becomes available and we might get him. Uh, I suppose the last one is the one that we won't name. But did Radrizani like that tweet just to get people to stop talking about the Brighton game? It, it's definitely within his MO to do things like that, isn't it? Play, playing his little games on Twitter. Um, I'm sure it's the sort of thing he, he does while he's sat in his jet with a whiskey in his hand or something. Telling, telling uh, the camera how handsome he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Leeds fans have been talking about Rodrigo de Paul. Ah, you uh, said his name. Oh. Uh, <laughs> worst part is in the uh, in the through it all together group chat. I'm the one who hates him the most. <laughs> not not as a player, 
Just because well, hey. I'd, I'd love him to sign for us. He would, oh, yeah. he would be perfect. Is exactly what we need. Oh, I just don't need to. I just unless he's signing, I don't want to hear his name again. <laughs> um, like I said, he he got into, especially when he with his little because again he's playing these little Twitter games with a uh, looking forward to some new challenge. And he's like someone who's just had a breakup at the end of the previous year and is like, all right, well I've got to tell people on Facebook how I'm feeling now. So I'm looking forward to some new challenges next year. Yeah, and Leeds right. fans have got ah oh, new challenge. That's us. Yeah, in fairness, like the stuff in the summer was a bit less subtle. No, <laughs> like that, the stuff in the summer was. Can you just match Udinese's price, please, so that I can go? <laughs> um, yeah, obviously he, he would be a great signing and someone someone I would love to see come in. Um, but Radrizani does have previous for this sort of thing on on Twitter and linking us with players that we have no intention of actually going for. Or that, or that even if we do have an intention of going for, we've no chance of getting. Because, yeah. like, have you seen how good a season DePaul's having? Mm. If he goes, he's not coming to Leeds. He's going to someone in the Champions League. Nah, it's a, it's a strange... But, yeah, it does it does entirely fit in with Radrizani and, and his little games to, to try and distract from things. While we're, while we're on the subject of, of interesting comments, did you see um, Angus Kinnear's program at the end of Angus Kinnear's program notes? I did indeed, yeah. What what a line to finish on. Just about regarding the uh, the pavilion being used as a as a vaccination centre in Leeds and saying he's looking forward to seeing the results of Bill Gates' injections trying to control Gianni Alioski's mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, he, seems like a, he seems like a funny bloke, does Angus Kinnear. Yeah, uh, I suppose the only that we pretty much done. We knew that this one would be a fairly short one. Uh, the only other thing to say is that yeah, we've had some bad results there. We haven't scored in the last three. You know, it's not it's not ideal by any stretch. But you know, we're twelve. Yeah, we're we're still pretty comfortable. In, in the league at the moment, there's still a decent gap between us and uh, yeah, we're, we're still zone. we're eleven points above Fulham, who were eighteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, twenty three points from eighteen. You do that again, you've got forty six points with a couple of games left. Yeah. If we do that, we'll be a long, we'll be a long way safe because I don't think you, I don't think you're going to need forty this year. I think you're going to need about thirty five. The way that the season's going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people have been talking about this sort of Fulham revival. It's just been four. Well, it was four draws or a number of draws in a row, and then a loss. Um, yeah. You know, there's. I know Sheffield United got a win, but Christ, I still can't see them scoring a goal anytime soon from open play. It just, mm. you know, I, I, I. I Go as far as say they're done already. West Brom, again, I, unless they make some drastic signings, I can't see them turning it around to any significant degree. Because Big Sam's been there for a bit about a month now. Yeah. Still can't defend. No. Well, I mean, like for what it's worth, I you know, we said all season and we we will continue to say. 17-4 better is a good season this year. 
Leeds yeah. United are currently, I've just got Sky up because it was the first one that I came to. Leeds are 22 to 1 to get relegated. You know, yeah, that is solid. Yeah. Sheffield United are 1 to 20. West Brom 2 to 7. Fulham 5 to 6. Burnley and Newcastle 94. Brighton 5s. Palace 10s. Venos. Wolves are still 33 to 1. Uh, they are a point below us and have played a game more and can't win a game to save their life. So if you were going to pick a long shot, I think that that's the one. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think for a second they will go down, but I'm, I don't think the thirty-three to one either. <laughs> yeah, and you know, on the opposite side of things, if we went on a run, it's, it's only ten points to catch Spurs in fifth. Yeah, uh, that's that so, is. So- the, I think that that's the problem that we. <laughs> there, there have been some some people like we've managed to avoid it for the most part, but. You know, some we did get a little bit excited when we started playing really good stuff, like the game against Man City and stuff. Yeah. But you're allowed to get excited so long as you can at least keep yourself in rea- grounded in reality a little bit. And yeah. I, I mean, at this at this point, I I can look and still think there is a chance of us finishing top half. Yeah. I, you know. If we that would be an unbelievable season. Yeah, and and I, and I think for that to happen, we've got to play pretty well. Um, but I, th- I think that is a, a real. You know, we could finish tenth or ninth, and I don't think at this stage of the season that's unrealistic. Um, for us to be anywhere near contention for a European place would. Not only take a, a drastic turnaround in in our defending, uh, certainly from set pieces, but also a number of teams above us. Mm. Um, but again, it's 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 certainly not something I'm looking at after every game. Going, ah, we lost to Brighton. We're, we're slipping back from those uh, Europa Conference places. Yeah, all I'm looking at is gap to 18th. That's all I'm bothered about. Yeah, so long as we stay plenty. You know, basically what it says is our target for me at the start of the season was avoid relegation. I would say we've had a good enough start that now it should be avoid a relegation battle. Just yeah. If you can just stay above it, you know, yeah, we, we got beat by Brighton, we played crap, we got beat. And that will happen again on numerous occasions this season. But we only have to have some, but we'll also have games where we play well and probably beat someone you wouldn't expect us to. Uh, so I'm I'm overall, even despite this poor run, I'm I'm still absolutely delighted with the season so far. Yeah, you cannot, and especially when you do have to compare us to to where West Brom and Fulham are. Like you know, we went up as a three, um, and yes, you could you know you would probably say they are in terms of stature within the game, they are smaller teams than us despite the fact that both have been in the Premier League more recently than, than we have. Um, but, it, you know, in terms of spending, into you know, there is not, there will not be a massive amount of difference in, in a number of the metrics, whether it's, you know, wages, whether it's transfer spending. Um, but we have, we've adapted to the Premier League a lot better than they have. Yeah. And so long as it carries on like this, we'll be absolutely fine. 
Yeah. Uh, so I think that'll do us. Because uh, we, we yeah. have dragged that out to nearly three quarters of an hour anyway. Yeah, well, obviously, we will be back before the Newcastle game to do a preview of that because there was no point doing them both today. Um, I don't know exactly which day yet, but I will tweet out and put it on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, do you know what your Do you know what your work schedule is early next week? Uh, at the start of next week, I am working. I think it's Monday evening, and that's it. Uh, I so, can't, but I can't remember. In that case, it'll probably be Tuesday next week, because <laughs> that will. Because if you're working Monday evening, that's a bit of a pain in the ass. So yeah, yeah that'll do us for episode 101 uh, of Mike White's podcast. We're on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod and at MightyWhitesPodcast.com. This will be once it's done being live. This will be on all the major podcast providers, so you'll find it on there. Uh, with the stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is Through It All Together and also at thiu it's all LUFC on Twitter. Um, I don't believe that we need to do anything else. So I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>